Thanks for listening to this sermon recording from Liberty Family Church in Hillsville, Victoria, Australia. All of our sermons are available for free online, and we encourage you to subscribe to our sermon podcast through iTunes or by clicking the button on our website. If you'd like to know more about what it means to follow Jesus, or would like more information about our church, head to www.libertyfamilychurch.net.au. God bless you, and we pray that this sermon recording encourages you and strengthens your faith in Jesus Christ. Wow, what a blessing it is to be children in God's family. Or, as we explored last week, sons, all of us, women, children, men, as sons in God's family. What a blessing it is to be able to call God Abba, Abba Father. You know, when we're adopted into God's family, we become a part of a worldwide spiritual family, don't we? Otherwise known as the body of Christ. We, the very moment we trust in Jesus Christ and and place our faith in him, are blessed with over two billion Brothers and sisters. That's amazing. You ever, has anyone ever thought about that? You have over 2 billion brothers and sisters worldwide because of Jesus. Bring on Christmas, said no one ever. <laughs> At least no one catering for that event. Instantly through faith in Jesus Christ, we are blessed with a large, a vibrant, a diverse Spiritual family, sisters, brothers, children, grandchildren, parents, and grandparents, all because of Jesus' work on the cross. And the beautiful thing is, is that because we are and we have been adopted as members of God's family, God gives us a role to play in his family, to play our part, just like in a natural family where members will serve and do certain tasks to be a blessing to their other family members in the life of their family, whether that be stacking a dishwasher or mowing the lawn or taking the rubbish out or, you know, whatever it is, playing a part in the family and helping to contribute to a healthy family culture because that's why we serve our biological families, isn't it? To be a blessing and to help create a place that feels like home feel safe, where people are welcomed and enjoy being there. Just like in a natural family, in God's family, each of us are called to play our part too and love and bless and serve one another. So this morning, what we're going to do is we're going to take a look at Romans chapter 12, verses 1 to 8, where Paul describes God's family as a body made up of many members. And we're going to be reminded that God's desire is for each of us to live lives of worship to God where we joyfully and faithfully play a role in his family and lovingly serve one another. So let's pray as we open the word of God together today. Jesus, we thank you so much for the beautiful gift that your word is to us. We thank you, God, the way that it reveals your character, 
your heart, your passion for people. And we thank you, Jesus, that for those of us who have received you as our Lord and Saviour, for those of us who have turned from our living for ourselves and humbled ourselves before your throne of grace, we thank you, Lord, that it shows us ways in which you call us to respond to the gospel. And so, God, today, as we reflect on your word, as we allow your word to wash over us and cause us to be renewed and strengthened, we pray, Lord, that you would just speak straight to our hearts and encourage us in the role that you are calling us to play in your worldwide body, in your worldwide family, but also, Lord, in the local family context here at Liberty Family Church. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's turn straight to Romans 12 and read verse 1 to 8. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body... We have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, in proportion to our faith. If service, in our serving. The one who teaches, in his teaching. The one who exhorts, in his exhortation. The one who contributes in generosity. The one who leads with zeal. The one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Man, I love Romans. Who loves Romans? It is a super deep theological masterpiece. It it really is a powerful letter that beautifully articulates the wonders of the grace that we've been shown because of Jesus. This passage that we've just read, Romans 12, it occurs at a, at a shift in Paul's letter. There's a real shift taking place at this point in time. If you set aside most of your afternoon to read Romans chapter 1 to 11, it's, it can get pretty thick there. There's a fair bit of Bible to get through. You'd, you'd see that these chapters are just jam-packed full of deep theological truths. They're all about the doctrine of salvation, what it means to be saved, why we needed to be saved, who it was that saved us, and then what that means now that we have been saved. Themes of law, grace, justification, faith, freedom from sin, life in the Spirit, all those things are explored in chapters 1 to 11. And Paul brings home the profound truth that we are saved by grace through faith 
alone in Jesus. That's it. That's the, that's the big, big picture theme that Paul is trying to bring home in those first 11 chapters. And so in light of that, at the start of chapter 12, Paul makes a shift from outlining all of this theology, which is really important stuff, isn't it? Because we need to understand what Jesus has done in order to then know how to live, yeah? So Paul shifts from outlining theology to outlining application, how we apply it. In chapter 12, Paul moves on and explains how we're to respond in light of the salvation we've been shown through Jesus. Notice the key word in Romans 12.1. Therefore, therefore, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers. Whenever you see a therefore, have a look at what's before. Because therefore, because of this, because of what I've just been saying, yeah, it's a real key to not just read it as an isolated passage, but to look back in context and see what he's saying. Because what Paul is saying here is he's saying really clearly, he's making it clear for everyone, for us and for his original audience back in the day, that because of God's incredible gift of grace and salvation that I've just spent 11 chapters talking about, this is how we are to respond. Because of all this, this is how we respond. This is how each and every one of us show our gratitude and our gratefulness to God for the great gift of salvation he's blessed us with. So how do we respond? Well, Romans says that we respond by presenting our very selves, by presenting our bodies to God. Let's read verse 1. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Paul encourages us to respond to God's mercy by worshipping him and explains that we worship God by living sold-out lives of service to him. Remember back in Paul's day, you know, offerings were made to God as a, as a sacrifice and they weren't living sacrifices, they were one-time sacrifices. You... you had an animal slaughtered for your sin or you made a certain grain offering or something and that was a one-time offering. But Paul here is saying that how New Testament believers, born-again believers are to respond to the good news is by living as an offering. Yeah? Does that make sense? By living sold-out lives of service to him. And we as valued members of God's family... We worship God well and we bring him glory and honour and praise when we do that, when we joyfully live for him as living sacrifices. I'm wondering, how do you serve God as a living sacrifice? How do you, in light of God's mercy, live for his glory and honour? Now, there's so many ways that we can live in light of God's mercy, aren't there? We can parent in light of God's mercy when we're not wanting to. And then we can still ask for God's mercy to help us to, to parent in light of his mercy. We can work or volunteer in light of God's mercy. We can 
share our toilet paper with others in light of God's mercy. Really, every single thing that we do in life can be done and should be done, Paul says, in light of God's mercy, in response to what Jesus has done for us. That's what it means. That's what it means to be living joyfully as a living sacrifice to God. By, we live intentionally. We live missionally. We, we live as people who are sent, people who recognize that we have good news and good news is for sharing. And we play our role for God's glory and honor because of the incredible mercy that we've been shown by Christ Jesus. And this kind of sold-out living obviously has an effect in every area of our lives, and it's one of the key ways that we live as effective witnesses for Jesus, isn't it? As living sacrifices. If we're modeling Jesus, if we're living lives of service to others, that is witnessing to the fact that Jesus is alive and well in our hearts and Jesus is the reason, our motivation for living. And naturally, this kind of living also has a big effect on the culture of church too. The global Big C Church, broadly, made up of over 2 billion members and millions and millions of churches all over this world, but also on the life and culture of local little C churches too, like our church here, Liberty Family Church here in Hillsville. Friends, churches where people are living as living sacrifices, sold out for Jesus, are places where people want to be. They're places that people can't get enough of. Yeah? They're the kind of authentic Christian communities that people will go out of their way to interact with. They'll go out of their way to want to make that a place where they belong to. They're healthy places that accurately reflect the love and the grace and the mercy of Jesus Christ. And Paul, in, in Romans 12, 3 to 8, he describes how these kind of healthy bodies function, these local communities, such as ours. Reading Romans 12, 3 to 8. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so, though, so we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given us, let us use them. If prophecy, in proportion to our faith. If service, in our serving. The one who teaches in his teaching. The one who exhorts in his exhortation. The one who contributes in generosity. The one who leads with zeal. The one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. There's a beautiful humility that characterizes these kind of communities, isn't there? These communities are, are places where people serve and bless others in line with the giftings that God has given them and the opportunities that are present in that context too. As Paul says, 
We're collectively members of the body of Christ and individually members and each have been given different gifts by God. You are a gifted person. You've been gifted. God has gifted you. And what is it that we're meant to do? What are we to do as members of God's family, as members of the body of Christ? I just love the way Paul puts it in verse 6. sums it up perfectly. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. Let us use them. Having gifts, let us use them. We're called to use our gifts to worship God and build one another up. You know, every single one of us have been uniquely gifted by God. All of us. We're all gifted for some things, and if you're anything like me, you'll probably know that you're certainly not gifted for other things. Yeah? Does everyone know what they're really good at and really know what they should steer well clear from? I do, that's for sure. Like Paul suggests in verse 6, some of us might have more visible roles in the life of a church, and others will have more behind-the-scene roles. It doesn't matter how we've been gifted. The thing is, like Paul says here, each member's just called to play a part. All of us have gifts, and all of us, God calls each of us to use them to serve out and play a part in seeing God's family, the body of Christ, really function and remain healthy and strong and work together effectively as it should. Who loves Lego? I never thought I'd be playing with this sort of Lego until I'm a father of girls, hey? So this, for those of you who are uneducated on what little girls like nowadays, this is a castle of Arendelle from Frozen. And, you know, growing up, my, my brother and I, we spent countless hours playing with Lego. And our sets didn't look quite as impressive as this from memory, but my mum and dad have still got them all tucked away there in the family home, which is pretty cool. But we spent hours and hours and hours just, just playing with these sort of Lego sets and, and building and imagining. And, you know, one of the blessings that, that comes from being a parent is that you can still play with Lego because your kids are playing with Lego, of course. <laughs> That's why we do it, isn't it? It's not like we'd want to still do it in our 30s, would we? It's, it's, all about, it's all about being a supportive and godly parent, a good example. No, it's good. We can love Lego too. And recently, Anna has just turned six, and, and this was one of her birthday presents, and she'd been, she just told us about this castle in particular, and she was throwing out all the hints, like, Mummy and Daddy, if you want to get me something for your, my birthday... You could get me an Arendelle castle. And they, these were coming thick and fast. So we thought, yeah, okay, we'll, we'll grab them. We'll, we'll get one and we'll get it for her for her birthday. And so she was pretty excited. She, she made it and we spent probably the most part of the afternoon just putting the finishing touches on this particular castle. And when it was finished, it looked pretty cool. It looks pretty amazing, just like it does now. But as you know, for, for anyone with young kids, and particularly when you've got younger siblings in the house, 
Things don't necessarily stay in one piece for very long. So it was the next morning, I think, and I heard a bit of a bit of a noise, and sure enough, Anna wasn't too happy, and little Naomi had decided to uh, deconstruct the castle somewhat, and so it wasn't quite uh, as good as it once was. And you see, Anna did a great job. She's, she pretty well built this whole thing by herself, just following the instructions. I helped her in a few, few little parts here and there. But anyway, we were, Anna had a crack at putting it all back together and she said to me, she said, Dad, this just doesn't work properly. Look, it's, it's kind of it's right, but it just doesn't stay on. And what, what's, what's going on? What's going on? And I looked at it and I pulled it off and... And I noticed that there were a few, just a few basic pieces missing on this top section. And I said, oh, Anna, you're, you're missing these pieces on top. These pieces just need to go on like that and then they'll make this whole section that, that little bit more flat and stable. And, and then when you put this top part on like this, it'll, it'll be nice and strong. It'll work just as it, it should. And... Those three pieces, Anna didn't realise, but they were crucial to the whole stability of the structure of the castle. And as soon as we put it back on, sure enough, nice and strong and, and everything worked just as it should once again and she was happy because it was all in one piece. It looked good, it felt right, it was stable and strong, just the way it should be with every part there playing its role in the overall structure of the build. You know, in many ways, in many ways, the body of Christ, the family of God, especially in a local context, is a lot like a Lego build. Just like with Lego, for a church to be strong, to be stable, to look and feel right, have the right culture, and also to kind of reflect the, the diversity and the wonder of God's kingdom as well. Each and every member, each and every part has a crucial role to play. Just like a Lego castle isn't right, isn't strong, when only three or so pieces are missing. Neither is a church quite right if all of its members are not using their unique God-given gifts and serving in the roles that God's called them to. Just like a, 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 with a Lego castle that is strong when all the pieces are clicked in tight and joined together, a local church is strong when we are united and when we're joined in together as individual members, yes, but as individual members who understand the responsibility and opportunities we have to the broader body as well and join together as one. You know, God's global big C church and the little C churches as well, like us here at Liberty, are really only strong and stable and look and feel right and will for the long haul when each of us joyfully respond to the gospel by putting up our hand to play our part in the life of God's family. It's only then that the body can really function the way God intended it. You know, elsewhere in the New Testament, you read other passages that are talking about the body of Christ and 
and how we're dependent on one another and how there's greater honour bestowed on, on those who normally would get lesser honour and those who are, you know, there's an equality, there's an importance of working together and recognising that we are better together. And in God's family, we all have a role to play. And when we all play our role, the structure is strong. It feels good. It's right. And when we don't, the structure's affected and we all, as a church, aren't what God, what we could be in Jesus. I'm wondering this morning, I'm wondering, do you know the role or roles that God has called you to play here at Liberty Family Church? And if you do, if you do know that role that God has called you to play, are you playing that role right now? In this season, now there's goals for there's roles for everyone in God's family. Some roles require certain skill sets and God-given abilities or graces, as Paul writes about in Romans 12. While other roles simply require a willingness to be a blessing, willingness to serve and bless. And just want to encourage you that if you're newer to liberty and haven't put up your hand to serve just yet. I want to encourage you to get involved. Get, put up your hand. Say, I'm in. I'll play my part here. We would love to see you playing a part in the body here at Liberty Family Church. And if you've been here for a while, maybe you've, just for whatever reason, you haven't actively served in the body, in the family for some time now. I want to encourage you too to make 2020 the year where you play a key role, a crucial role, your role in the life of our church once again. All of us are gifted by God and are called to use our gifts for his glory and for the benefit of his church. Dr. Michael Yusuf, a pastor from the US, says this, A believer functions best when connected to other believers. Every believer needs to be connected to and actively involved in a local church. It is by being built into the church that you become effective in doing God's work. Use the gifts and the abilities that God has given you and bring him glory. Now, obviously, God doesn't gift us to use our gifts exclusively in a church context, but he does expect that we will use them in a church context. Yeah? Does that make sense? God's gifted us to reach the nations. He's given us ingenuity. He's given us gifts. He's given us talents. He's given us opportunities to see the lost become found. And we're called to use that as we go about our everyday lives But equally, God also calls us to play our part in a local church too for the benefit of his church. So, what unique part has God equipped you to play in his family? What role is God calling you to play for his glory and for the good of Liberty Family Church? Churches where sold-out Christians live as living sacrifices for Jesus, are places where people want to be. And 
They're places that will be healthy and strong for the long haul. What role is God calling you to play in fostering and strengthening a healthy Christian community here at Liberty Family Church? Something to think about. Let's pray as we close. Lord, we just want to praise you for the wonder of your family. We thank you, God, that when we are adopted as sons and daughters, that we not only have you as our father, but we also have opportunities to use the gifts that you've given us in your family. We thank you for the wonder of having two billion brothers and sisters worldwide. But Lord, we also thank you for the great blessing that it is to have brothers and sisters in Christ locally here at Liberty Family Church too. And so Lord, we pray that you would just guide us in all the ways that you are calling us, stirring us, challenging us to step out and play a role in the life of the church here. We thank you, Jesus, that you are the one who builds your church and we are individually members of the body of Christ, but together we are united as one in a local context too. And so we pray, God, that we would go from strength to strength as each of us recognize that we are sons and daughters and you have blessed us with abilities and talents and skills to contribute to the life and the culture of this church here in Hillsville that most of us call home. So Jesus, help us to to just be responsive to what you want us to do. And for those of us who are already playing our part, God, I just pray that you would continue to take us deeper in serving one another in love. So God, have your way, we pray, and we praise you again for adopting us and for the privilege that we have to be able to call you our daddy, our Abba Father. Pray these things in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.